1: Well, good Tuesday afternoon from all of us here at Ausbiz. This is The Call 10 stocks picked by you, two expert guests over the course of an hour. And I am so pleased that both of my guests are here with me in studio for the full hour, of course. I've yet to have someone walk out halfway through. Uh, Rudy Phillip Exendike from FN Arena. Good day. How are you?
2: You never know. It might be the first time it might that someone be. walks out. It's
1: the <laughs> first time for everything. And Philip Pepe from Sean Partners. You guys get along pretty well, don't you?
0: Mostly, he sometimes disagrees with my calls, but he can't always be right.
1: Yeah, well, nobody's right all the time, <laughs> are they? Um, least of which myself. So let's just get across what we're going to be doing over the next hour. We will be talking about five of the companies that have been nominated by you. So Perenti Global, Sigma Healthcare, Challenger, Hello World, and AGL Energy. Uh, but stock of the day is Zip remember that company used to be on the 200 not anymore I think we call it a small cap these days well so far today shares are spiking in fact seeing its best day in nine months as it's watching its revenue grow so zip is reporting pretty strong growth in its core US and Canadian markets boosted uh, revenue from there Um, for the first quarter rose by 35% to just over $200 million. Transaction volume jumped 11% to over $2.3 million. And this is what's really important for a lot of these unprofitable companies. It says that it expects to achieve positive EBITDA results for the second half of the financial year. So uh, the company's shares are looking pretty good so far today. Uh, Look, I sort of put it out to you guys what you wanted the stock of the day to be. I can't say Rudy would have been thrilled about talking about Zipco.
2: You never know. I didn't answer. All right.
1: And uh, (laughs) Philip Pepe, you know, Zipco is an interesting one because, you know, shrunk. Well, the question is, did it shrink to greatness? Is there still greatness potential on its cards?
0: Very few companies shrink to greatness. And I remember, this was the next after. I don't know, I don't know anyone. Has anyone ever uh, shrunk to greatness? I, I, I was being polite. You, you can shut down a loss-making division and yeah. focus on the profits. Uh, look, it was a good. Bike, but if you look at that chart, geez, it's come off a long way back over the heydays of the, the mm. buy now, pay later when after pay was going through a 100 bucks or something. I and can't remember those days? How can you forget them? Interest rates were zero. Yeah. Life was good again. We couldn't travel, but that was smart. the hottest stocks on the stock exchange. It yeah, was. They, oh my gosh. Was, which yeah. one do you buy? was the, uh, the cryptocurrency of its generation. Um, it's too soon. It was a good announcement. Consensus expectations were so low, it came in well above. Mm-hmm. It did well both in North America and in Australia, both in terms of um, uh, value traded or value lent, I guess. Um, volumes were down in Australia, though, it's still half their revenue, so.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, that's like core markets yeah. of the US and Canada, very much still in growth phase there. I'd say yeah. Australia is its established market still.
0: So home base is down 6% on volume, but the mm. value was up. So if value readjusts, uh, but yeah, the reaction today was purely beating very pessimistic mm. expectations by analysts and market loves an upgrade and market loves when a loss-making cash burner turns to EBITDA positive. That tends to be when you get the re-rate. We've had that today. Would you buy today? No, because um, the outlook for the Aussie consumer, if you're using a Zip or an Afterpay, mm. you are very much in the... What's the opposite of a sweet spot? Um, Interest rates go up. In the pain period. Probably hurt you. You can argue it's it's 20 year olds using the payment system, but ultimately it's mum and dad who pick up the bill. If the 20 year old can't make the payment, I'm generalizing. So, very good bounce off off a very low base. Uh, I'm going to call it a hold. Uh, It was a good one quarter. Let's see them put together some back to back solid quarters and let's see what happens Mm. with the Australian economy because. The major lenders who lend to more quality customers are calling it challenging 12 months ahead mm. I wouldn't yeah. go to the I'd be careful with the regional banks so I'd be careful with the buy now pay later's which mm. this still is so I'm gonna call it a hold great result not yeah. a sell well, obviously off the bottom but uh, I'm gonna call it a hold
1: all right so yeah. do you see it any differently for good old zip
0: yes
2: I can definitely play the opposite of the I'm walking because, out because I could I couldn't
1: <laughs> walk
2: out yet. I could be a long program. I could I could repeat anything and everything that uh, that Philip just said. But um, the opposite view potentially is that they they have been streamlining, let's call it like that, their, their operations. They they um, at some point one would expect they would they would get into better Better results, uh, which they are now. There are analysts out there who believe that, that that this can go on for longer. So that's independent of where the cycle. Is. That's, that's this is more about the company internally. They were in such a dire strait previously that if you start fixing things and 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 selling off things and closing, well, not cutting
1: costs as ulti- well.
2: Ultimately, exactly. Ultimately, you you come to a position where you go, "Ooh, we made a profit," or we are going to. They still haven't. Mm. Um, that can that can go on for longer than, than Philip and I can forecast here. Um, the one thing they have going for themselves, and the chart sort of shows that uh, the share price has been absolutely annihilated. Mm-hmm. So if if it had not rallied today, my my forecast would be it will rally at some point because that's what these stocks do. Okay? But it, it's, then I think it sort of comes back to what type of market participant are you? And I'm more of the the guy. I, li- I like to own companies that do more than the occasional rally. I like to li- look back in five or seven, ten years time and go like, that's a good performer. That's done like something like eight, nine hundred percent over that period. Not It had a few rallies and ultimately like Meyer, for example, always comes back to the same share price after a few years.
1: Some would say that about the index overall as well. But. well you
2: can say about the index <laughs> if, you, if you also, if you exclude the dividends as well. Yes, exactly. So I'm it's not, it's not the type of stock I would recommend for most investors mm-hmm. but I can see the attraction if you are a believer in, in, in going through the rummage and finding those beaten down companies that, that everyone has given up on and, 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 and at some stage they will rally and maybe if the share market in general recovers at some point they will participate as well. But I, I have a problem with the sustainability of it all. So I would call it a speculative opportunity but you have to do it with uh, the risk appetite um, that you take on board. And for most investors, that includes Philip and myself, we, um, we happily move on to, to elsewhere and ignore whatever happening in, in Zip.
1: All right, so that would be for any very specy investor. Shall we get to the companies that have been picked by our viewers? The first on the list is for John. And this is Parenti. And this came specifically for this dynamic duo. Ooh, let's ooh, call them that. Ooh, ooh. So PRN is the ticker code, mining services, loosely speaking. Philip?
0: I think it's interesting. Um, I'm, I'm going to call it a buy. I'm quite passionate. Right
1: out at the gates with a buy. All I'll right.
0: start with the summary KY. and give Rudy time to disagree. With yeah. <laughs> uh, it's in the gold space. It's in the predominantly underground mining, about 70% of its revenue is underground mining. I think 30% of that's in Australia. It does other things, but let's call it a, a mining services company to the gold industry that does okay. underground mining. Gold price is holding up, arguably should be higher given what's happening mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, it's I think it's reached near all time highs in Aussie dollar terms, uh, US dollars perhaps it could be a little bit higher. But its clients are doing very well at the moment. Production seems to be steady for gold, increasing where it can. Price seems to be holding up as well. So its customers are doing well, it's doing well. We know there's a shortage of labor, certainly in Australia, um, other parts of the world. I think they're in North America. Again, we're not very low unemployment levels so Mm -hmm. you think demand for skilled labor will remain higher for longer so for me you should have some gold exposure exposure to a gold miner mining services um, provider who's indirectly um, exposed to the gold sector um i I think i think it's worth a look so they've had a very strong fy23 delivered record results solid outlook outlook statement expecting another um almost $3 billion in revenue in FY24, nearly called 270 mil in EBITDA. Again, solid early guidance given. We've got to appreciate a company that does that. Not a lot of the companies I follow gave guidance so early in the financial year. So right sector, uh, right subsector, right commodity. I think it's a buy.
1: Got it. So I, I do know, just going by FN Arena, name dropping you, You know, we've got a buy on it by City. And there is an upcoming AGM, so city saying they expect it to mm. provide some conservative mm. guidance. And yeah. Macquarie also has an outperform rating yes. on Prenti. So,
2: share price. share price is well below targets. And uh-huh. probably indicates that the market is still rather skeptical. Um, my skeptical question, uh, in addition to, uh, to Philip's explanation, is that while the environment for gold is, is, uh, looks promising, um, like I have exposed to gold, but not to gold miners. Um, the, the outlook for gold miners in Australia is still wishy-washy. You know? We see it with the production reports coming out.
1: We had a number one, of them today.
2: One, one misses, one, one, mm. one hardly, barely meets expectations and you have some, some doozies every once in a while. Um, the problem with that, with that sector is, is that they are um, they, they obviously still battling with, with, with costs. Operational costs and, and on occasion um, they, they they miss mass production guidance as well. So I'm not I I, I guess that skepticism uh, and that realization is still sort of weighing on the share price for for Parenti as well. Because yes, gold might look promising because we're throwing bombs at each other in, in the Middle East, but um, bond yields, if we if we uh, ignore last night, are still in the up. And that's basically what keeps keeps the gold price uh, depressed. So um, I'm a little bit less, enti- long story short, I'm a little bit less enthusiastic than, uh, than than Philip is. Um, companies like Parenti, if you if you just look at the historical price graph, it can be extremely volatile because in this, in essence they're very small companies, very highly leveraged because they have this that cost base that uh, that, that just that's just there. Um, so I would again. Um, i would i would invent the word a speculative hold here because you uh, i'm not so sure whether whether this but then again the agm guidance might surprise but um I'm, I'm there's more, a lot of
1: caveats there rudy exactly but I'm, i will. I'm, I'm
2: with i'm with the cautious uh, here
1: <laughs> operating with a bit of caution when it comes yes. to parenti hope that helps john mm. let's get to the next company on the list and this is sigma healthcare sig and this has been picked by Daryl. Rudy, I'll start with you on this one. I'm, you know, I'm
2: guessing that, that the Sigma was chosen because Philip is here. He's, it's, it's to my knowledge, it's the only stockbroker analyst in the country that has a buy rating on Sigma.
1: All right, <laughs> let's go there then. Do you to want to s- switch chairs? <laughs> yeah? yeah, we can,
0: we can. <laughs> I, I was, um, Sitting at my desk on Friday, scratching my head, you know, Share price, I, a, share price yeah. but the market was melting down yeah. on Friday and Thursday and Wednesday because I've lost track of how many one in 20 year events we've had in the last 20 years. So we, we've had another one. Uh, yeah. So I look at the last 20 years in terms of which sectors um, have been the least correlated with the share market, which been highest. And then within that, who are the winners and losers? No surprises, healthcare, Pharmacy lowest correlation 43% correlation with the ASX, okay, versus financials 90% yeah. plus. Yeah, so one for one. Um, so healthcare is a safe place to, to look if you believe in down markets. Then I looked at yeah. Sigma, Sigma had a 12% correlation with the broader market mm. over 20 years and it outperformed in down markets. History mm. is irrelevant, some would argue. It's a safe place. Healthcare is a safe place to put some money. Pharmacy, people get sick, whether you probably get more sick when share markets do what they do. People need more medication. Um, It's a relatively safe place to put some money. So from a risk point of view, it ticks a box. Mm -hmm. That's the icing on the cake. What is the cake?
1: You like the Chemist Warehouse
0: I like the Chemist Warehouse deal, which starts 1 July, 2024. It'll be a three billion plus revenue. They currently do one billion with Chemist Warehouse. So from now, until the next three years, it will deliver 185% per annum uh, earnings per share growth, 185% per annum, and it pays a dividend. Not many companies on the ASX who are profitable can say that. What's interesting though, versus its nearest comparable EBOS, so Sigma trades at around 15, 16 times PE, FY26, that's when the contract hits. Mm e is on 21 times, not to say there's yeah. more. one company not growing earnings because it's losing the contract, mm-hmm. one company growing by 185% mm-hmm. and it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they say the share market is efficient. If it was sufficient, I wouldn't have a job. Yeah, I but I, I do
1: note so. in your notes, yeah. you say that uh, the contract does require big spend, yes. some yes. of which will be facil- you know, um, be, be debt, right? Debt. Uh, this is yeah. not a really great time to be taking on debt.
0: So that's correct. So they need to fund this large contract, it's about $200 million in working capital that it will require based on estimates and when they used to have the contract. So they're assessing three options, uh, using their existing debt facility, which is They've had it ever since when they had the contract last night. That is why I assume Uh, they could tap the equity markets or they can do a sale and lease back on some of their properties or any combination of the two. It is a nice problem to have, Um, but because um, they've got 12 months to sort it out, the market's waiting to see what's the answer. Aren't
2: they also selling something to to Chemist Warehouse?
0: Uh, some inventory, yeah, like small, small, small yeah. now, yeah. yeah. But the bulk of it will come externally yeah, 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 uh, yeah, through yeah. either equity, debt, or sale and yeah. leaseback or combination yeah, yeah. three. Uh, the contract starts first July twenty twenty four. Yeah, no. they don't need the money imminently, no. uh, and they've got time to figure it out. And they'll grow in that in the meantime anyway. So for me, if that's what's weighing in the share price, in the meantime you get the earnings per share growth. So mm-hmm. it's uh, well and truly factored in. Uh, I just think it's too cheap versus the company who's losing. Um, $2 billion worth of revenue. I'd rather be gaining $2 billion than losing $2 billion um, and giving back the $200 million working capital. Is it
1: doing well to keep costs under control?
0: It is now. Um, it, it implemented a enterprise uh, ERP system about a year ago with a household name brand that everybody wants that I've since learned if anyone's ever implementing that particular ERP system. It's SAP. No? I'm not going to mention it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the strongest sell signal I've ever heard because it is the biggest, it is the best system. Almost everybody has a problem implementing it in mm. terms of loss of revenue problems Implement So mm. you learn the hard way that whenever someone says, I'm moving to that system, which mm. over time adds value in the short term, yes. sell. Mm. Yes, they have, they have always a problem. So they had some costs issues so which that, have now been that, resolved. That's where technology One comes in. Do
1: oh, well, don't okay. give it right. all <laughs> away, Rudy. <laughs> Just <laughs> ace
0: yourself,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us about Sigma Healthcare.
2: Yeah. Anyway, here's, here's a few extra color to Sigma Healthcare. Yes, they will have to spend up front. And um, I don't know about uh, Philip's forecast, but some of the other analysts who are covering this company, they believe that there will be a slight cut in dividend this year because of that. Uh, maybe the market is focusing on that. The other element to take into account that the specific characteristic of the share market this year is that small caps underperform large caps and then uh, mid caps sit, sit in the middle of both and micro caps are underperform all of them. I'm assuming that Sigma is in the small cap fund. Uh, that's basically no fund flows basically and, and no sentiment for small caps, all right? so I think that's that shows you that it's not, the answer's not always with the business, it's just the market doing its thing. That
0: explains why eBoss trades at a premium. It's, it's a large four or five bill market cap versus- a large company, okay. exactly. And very good reputation as well.
2: Anyway, um, what am I gonna do here? Because it, arguably, I, I, it's almost not deniable that the share price is cheap here. So you, on that basis, you should, should put buy on it. Um, I agree with you on that one. Uh, exact timing unknown. Um, because depending on what comes next, they might have to carry the burden of being a small cap for longer. Small caps are not in favor. I mean, irrespective, I mean, they, they might temporarily be in favor if they if they do lithium or rare earths or graphite, but it doesn't it doesn't seem to last long.
1: Mm. So okay. for the time being, bye, I, w- I would down. say it's a buy. <laughs> We've got because, a of buy
2: because of the valuation. Because of the valuation. Because
1: of the valuation. Okay, got there in the end. Okay, minus that. Thanks, guys. Let's get on to what's next on the list, and that's Challenger CGF, picked by Tim. Annuities attractive. I think
2: someone knew that uh, Philip was coming. One of Naz's favorites.
1: <laughs> I'm going to you I'm first. Not,
2: yes, I'm yeah. not. am not a big favorite of, of Challenger. I didn't and, think and, so. the, and the reason is, I still remember that when Pecker wanted to build this in the new Macquarie, uh, it has it has had quite a number of. We inventions of itself over the time. I mean, the, the fact that it went into annuities is commendable. I mean, Australian investors have for way too long ignored that you can invest in other things than uh, than, than shares. And so you can have reliable income and all of that. But my problem is that essentially, it's not just a front end where people often focus on. Yes, there was a market for annuities. It's the back end. It's essentially a black box. And nobody really knows What's happening in, mm-hmm. inside the black box? And to me, on occasion they come out and they yet again disappoint the market. And it, it, it's it's quite a track record of disappointing yeah. here and there. I mean, if it's if it's not property, it's overexposure to speculative equities and and everything in between. And then sometimes they I mean, they lose contracts and all of that. So I'm I'm really not a big I mean. Given where the market is, and there are so many shares that are being laggards and and the share price is not moving, you have so many more opportunities where you have a much clearer view on what's happening inside and outside of a business. This is too much black box for me.
1: So that's an avoid? Yeah. If you owned it, would you hold it?
2: Would I hold it if I... If you owned it? No, because then you go to an insurance company or something, which has a much better prospect.
0: And at least you know that they're on the up.
1: Okay. So, are you a buyer?
0: Look, I, I'm a buyer. I mean, the share price chart suggests where it's traded versus its history. It's on a PE of about 10 times consensus. on a discount analyst price targets. Maybe the analysts are wrong, but it's on a discount. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Offers a 4% yield. They've done a lot of things in the past. They have reinvented themselves, so I, I agree with that. Um, they're in funds management. Funds management businesses are struggling at the moment. If you're equity exposed, equity market falls, your biggest client's just taking money up theoretically. Um, And they've exited some of their property investments due to subscale. But it's the annuities business that I think makes it unique. And although it does come under life insurance, it is a way for the retail market to access annuities, which up Mm. until now, if you wanted a real interest product... Mm. get access to a corporate bond if you can, or you invest in annuity. So some of their annuities are paying 6% plus. Um, that was the standout in their quarterly that they just mm. put out. Mm. If they can continue that growth in the annuities business and keep the other businesses sideways, given the, the volatile equity market, I think it gets a re-rate in the next six months. There's a bit of work to be done, but because they've got products that are unique and are selling quite well, um, should be able to give you the figures in the billions. Um, they do spend a lot on marketing. They do, but they've got a unique product. You can't yeah. buy this from a bank, you can't buy this from a traditional fund manager. So for those looking for mm. yield, who are worried about the equity market, especially the vaults every last few days, not many stocks paying a dividend at 6% if you can get an annuity. You no, call ourselves stocks, now, now you buy corporate bonds. If you have access to it. Yes. Um, not everyone has access to it. So this is a good way to get some mm bonds, uh, annuities, lifetime annuities, at a decent rate from a quality company. I think over time, as they grow in proportion, that'll dominate their earnings and you'll get the share price free rate. At the moment has a lot of moving parts. So I'm going to call it a buy on valuation. Given the complexity, it's Mm. probably going to take 6 to 12 months for investors to see the value in it, especially in a nervous market. People don't often go to the complex stocks ahead of the simple stocks in markets that drop 1% a day, but hopefully we've seen the bottom. Mm.
1: All right. So that's challenger for you, Fingers
0: crossed no more disappointments in between.
1: Well, that's up to it, isn't it? All right. Let's get to Hello World, fourth stock of the day picked by Stuart. Hi, Stuart, if you're listening or watching, don't forget this isn't at financial advice, this is information only, you need to take your own circumstances into consideration. Rudy, are you going to tell me to go to Philip first on this one? Yeah, someone likes Philip out there. Hello World. (laughs) So, um, I got to say, and this is not an endorsement, but I didn't realize I was using Hello World last time I booked tickets, but I did. Um, But I can't afford to take another trip, so what happens from here?
0: What's interesting is, I looked at the latest aviation data, the ABS. Outbound. So let's say outbound travel, because we're all stuck at home for a while. Um, when we could travel, we all traveled domestically first, but we're now starting to travel mm. overseas. And the outbound, ABS outbound international travel data for July and August mm. is up 60%. So, Australians are travelling the booking in advance because we can um, and we are. There are those who are stuck at home, pent up the man, and there are those who their plan was always to travel. The 55 yeah. to 60 pluses yeah. who don't have a mortgage, don't have school fees, don't have kids at yeah. home, um, aren't working full time, they are travelling uh, and they are booking well in advance. So, if you, Hello World, one of the few companies to give guidance. Um, coming out of uh, their end of FY23. So in August, they've guided to EBITDA growth, let's call it 60% uh, for the year. Mm. Again, travel up 60%, profits up 60%. Corporate travel said the same thing, profits up 60%, expected for the year. Flight center, Webjet, all saying our total transaction value is growing because people Mm. are spending. If you're paying on Zip, you're probably not gonna travel next year. If you're paying on a platinum Amex or using cash yeah. and you just got a yeah. massive pay rise courtesy of the Reserve Bank, you're probably planning the next two or three years of travel. So personally, I don't believe travel will fall in a heap because if you're if you're using a travel agent, you're typically going to multiple destinations, multiple airlines, multiple cities, tours, etc. You're spending five, ten grand plus. If you're going Australia to bar- Sydney to Bali, you can just jump on Webjet and do it yourself. Why wouldn't you buy Webjet or Flight Centre or Corporate Travel? I'm glad you asked, Rudy. Sorry? Have you seen... See, se- like I said, <laughs> the switch. Have you seen the multiples? Uh, Hello World's trading on about... Um, 12 times Mm. PE. Yeah, they're not very high. Flight centres on 19 times Mm. PE. I think, um, hello world, I think corporate travel's on about 18 times Mm. and 14, 15 times for Mm. Webjet. That is why 4 PE point Mm. plus Mm. discount. The difference is market cap. The others are 2.5 bill to 5 bill. The poor little 400 mil market cap companies on 4 PE point discount, same driver. So comparing to flight centre, flight centre's gone international, 19 times versus, call it, top of head mm. 12 mm. times, it's just too big a discount yeah. for similar drivers. That's why it's a yeah. screaming buy. Yeah, well,
1: rule number, yeah.
2: number one in the share market, the cheapest stock is not always the best investment. This right? is and true. That,
0: that would be what
2: I it's thought true. against that because right. I would actually agree with, in general terms, with the market's preference for, uh, maybe not necessarily flight center, but Webjet and and corporate travel. They have a lot more going for themselves mm-hmm. in terms of growth drivers, um, and that's why they're, right? and even there, there is general skepticism in the market because I mean we've, we've seen that pent-up demand coming out out of COVID and then the market's going up. But how long can this pent-up demand keep these numbers up? Yeah? If it only subsides a little bit, it can make a big difference in the revenue and the profits of those companies. And that's why the share prices are not really at peaks anymore. So you have to take a view here that um, that at some point you would pick the companies that are a little bit, a little bit of special. I think. I think corporate travel is is is, uh, is consistently delivering, and um, is is becoming an, a, a leader in its in its field. I think, and Webjet is is the one that uh, people uh, never get their head around, but they, they keep on delivering and keep keep doing it. So I would actually prefer those companies, over a Hello World, which admittedly smaller, again small cap, uh, lower valuation, but. If you, if you go to the track record, it's also a lot more wishy-washy. Uh, might be better since they sold out or sold off their, their corporate uh, division, but now they've become really like a small company. And at the moment, yes, wind in the sales, but the market is going like, yeah, for how long? So I'm, I'm, I would go for the, for, the, for, the, for the higher capitalized, arguably higher quality ones.
1: Okay, so that's an avoid for Hello World. I also wonder, it's just so interesting to me, the split in the demographics and the way in which people are able to spend these days yes. and the impact that that's having on uh, you know the, the different corporates. Um, okay, we'll leave that. Let's get to the last until we get to the halfway mark. And this one is AGL. This is a pretty vexed company, I think, to mm-hmm. think about. But mm-hmm. Elise has picked it. And so Elise, this one is for you. So we know about the transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know about pricing. Uh, we know about all of the you know, change in board mm. and management and everything else. So is AGL able to turn the ship around? Has it?
2: One, yes, it has. You can see it in the share price. One of the things they probably have going for themselves, apparently the discounting is, is, uh, is, has evaporated from, from the sector. Um, and you also see that because I, my household, a while ago, we started shopping around and, and the price differentials are now very very minimal.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. there used to be, a, 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 once upon a time, you had this big price differential and really, you could really save a lot of money by, by switching uh, utility provider. But that is, that's drying up. Mm-hmm. So that's because of course, the wholesale prices is, has is, 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 is t- taken away that opportunity. So that all else being equal should, should translate into, into an improvement in margins in their retail business. So that's what they have going for themselves. But in general terms, taking a long-term view, I, I really can't get really excited about it because the challenges are enormous. Mm-hmm. And you, you go through these transition periods and usually businesses in transition periods, that's a lot of volatility, there's disappointment, there's I mean, delays, you name it. I know they pay a reasonably high dividend. Um, that's also because the share price is not, no longer at, at peak levels. I would call it, I would call it a, a halt at best and um again um, i th- I think you, you you can get better returns elsewhere potentially um it's officially a, a defensive but so if you do get really tough economic times, it may well be that investors mm. hide in it but I'll, 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 I would have other places to hide, I think. Yeah,
1: I thought it was interesting uh, learning that we all didn't use as much energy over the winter because it wasn't a very cold winter. Um, of course, we're supposed to be turning on our ACs a lot this summer with yeah. El Niño. Um, what is it about AGL that either attracts you to it or would get you to avoid it?
0: I'm going to call it a hold. It's it's not a must own. It's not a must mm. sell. As you said, it was a warmer winter, hotter summer. but especially if you, if, you have, if you have children, you're more likely to turn the heater on than you are the air conditioning. Mm-hmm. And churn is reduced. Mm. Uh, pricing competition is reduced. So there's going to be some major sticker shop when we see our bills. So mm-hmm. it's easy to turn the AC off yeah, and turn I, the I'd fan agree. on, close especially the Especially if you're
1: worried about costs. I mean,
0: Yeah, so I... we talk about people struggling, cost of living, energy has yeah, gone up. Absolutely. So for me, it's close to fair value versus analyst expectations. Mm. Pays a small divvy. It's easy for people to turn, I mean, they do other things, but Mm. easier for people to turn the AC off. And, Mm. you know, it's fair value for me. There's nothing to dislike Mm. about it. It's nothing to love about it. It's a genuine hold. If you own it, hang on to it if you didn't own it. Look elsewhere.
1: Okay. Got it. All right, guys, that's halfway mark. Have a sip of water, please. Make yourself at home. Not that Rudy, of course, doesn't already. But uh, let's get a little review of our five stocks of the day. I can joke around with him. Keep your emails. I'm not being mean. We're just joking. Stock of the day is Zip. It is a real specky one for Rudy, but he can see the attraction, I suppose, for those of you more interested in trading in and out. Too soon. Don't buy, so says Philip Pepe. Um, He wants to see proof in the pudding when it comes to those financial metrics. He's an analyst, of course. Parenti, it's a buy. Right time, right place for Philip. Rudy says the share price is below target, but he's just skeptical about the conditions for it. It's a specky hold. I'll let him get away with that one. Sigma, it's actually a buy for both of my guests. It's really cheap in Philip's view, Um, you know, and it could potentially offer a little bit of defensive qualities as well and it's a buy on valuation for Rudy as well. A challenger, it's an avoid, he calls annuities a black box, doesn't like it, always waiting for another poor result to come through. But on valuation grounds, again, um, Philip says that it is a buy, um, you know, you might have to wait for a little bit for some of those more. A consistent um, upgrades to come through from Challenger, but uh, he's calling it a buy. Hello world, it's a screaming buy for Philip Pepe. It's an avoid though for Rudy. He calls the results wishy-washy. He thinks there's better quality in that travel space. And AGL, you heard it's a hold at best for Rudy. It's a genuine hold for We're getting lots of adjectives around the whole definition today for Philip Pepe. Okay, hard to believe. We are halfway through this program. And now we will very briefly check in with the portfolio because you've been hearing this for a while, haven't you? We're going to be getting a new investment committee to you at the beginning of November. So here's a picture here. We still own, well, we only have about 1.2% in cash. Pretty chunky there, as you can see, for CSL. Um, I was wondering. Yeah, I think I misspoke yesterday. I think I thought that boss energy was still in. It is not. My guests yesterday said, "Oh, if it's in, you got to get rid of that right away." Look, Challenger is in. Yeah, we I
2: do have Paladin. Have Paladin.
1: Got quite. A, I think that's quite a chunky allocation to Challenger, but that was only put in a couple of months ago. All right, so there it is on your screen. Let's check it out, 2.62 up since its inception and the committee will be discussing uh, Sigma this time around. So we'll see what they say about its valuation. Keep sending your requests in. We really love to get them. And uh, you know, we look at every single one. We just have to strategize sometimes with our guests as well as you know, keeping a little bit of a mix um, so that we just don't end up talking about the same thing uh, over and over or on the same day. So just keep that in mind. All right. Coming up, Reese Infitril, Technology One, calm down, Rudy, Suncorp, and Super Retail. Okay, sixth stock has been picked by Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Um, hope you're listening or watching. So this is Reese. So plumbing, both for the home and also for, you know, um, mm. tradies. Yes. You know, it's used in, in the construction industry itself. Was for a very long time, very tightly hold, held by and mm. um, the founding family, but um, look, it's getting tougher out there in terms of input costs, Philip, spending, yeah. presumably.
0: It's, I'm going to call it a sell on valuation. Um, what I think is interesting, though, because it's in the US and it's in Australia, um, solid result. Um, mostly driven by price so if anyone that could put prices up pricing power generally I like those companies definitely have a look Mm -hmm. until the share price factors in all that pricing power volumes went backwards now if you look Mm -hmm. at the two economies they're in North America Australia North America when people take out home you get 30-year home loans. Interest rates have gone up over there. It doesn't matter if you don't sell your house. You don't cop the interest rate It's only when you buy a new house. So what does that mean? You're going to renovate. And a lot of the ageing infrastructure, that's great for the reasons of the world, the reliances of the world. You're more likely to repair what you have rather than to buy a new house. Australia, on the other hand, housing construction, we saw this ABS stats recently. They're not existing. They're down 20 30%, and they're not recovering because tradies, can't afford to borrow to do the development. So um, you got pretty much some strong headwinds in um, Australia, let's call it neutral or slightly positive in the US, Um, great job on working capital, I think they had a phenomenal rebound in in working capital um, in FY23, so solid cash flow, one off, you don't do that twice. So I think their strongest result is behind them. You're probably Mm. going to see some weakness in, relative weakness into Mm. FY24 versus a solid FY23 they delivered. Mm. Consensus is saying it's about 15% overvalued. For me, that's enough to say, if you've ridden it, take your profits, it's been a great ride, but it's a sell until we work out how how bad our soft Mm. landing, hard landing, no landing will be. You you wouldn't go for GWA, would you? Toilets. Um, it's cheaper. Same, same thing. The cheaper, cheaper stock isn't always the best, really, I've I heard that. exactly. Where that, did you hear that? Ah, uh, wise man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I find it
2: intriguing to, because I, I, I do pay attention to, to a lot of stocks. And, and Rees, I mean, they used to trade on, on, at a premium anyway, because they, they were very tightly held. And, and, and once they moved to the US, uh, they've consistently traded at a premium, and sometimes the premium is really, really high. 25 30 percent um, it intrigues me because this is this still is there's still some cyclicality in this in this business I mean and then having such a such a high premium uh, on on the on the valuation for that reason also I'm, I'm, I'm more cautious than, than you would otherwise be but I know it's it's highly regarded it's 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 in that price point in the industry where it, it can it has much more pricing power than in GWA or something but uh, I'd be very I, w- I wouldn't go there now, because you never it's a small cap stock at the, at the end of the day as well. So I know it's tightly held, but um, you never know how, how much the downside can be for a stock that is consistently trading at, at a high okay. premium.
1: So like Philip, if you'd made some profits, would you be selling? Yes. Yeah, got it. Thank you. All right, let's get on to Infratrill. To be honest, I've sort of lost track of this company yes. and uh, where it's at, what it's doing. So IFT, this is for Andrew who writes, particularly interested to know from Rudy if it would make an all-weather stock?
2: Well, the answer is no. Oh. <laughs> ah. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's very easy to establish why that is. The, the, the characteristic of an all-weather stock is that you are relatively consistent in how your performance uh, relates. So you don't go from loss to profit back into loss and, and you don't go profit growth 100% one year and, and minus uh, 80% the other year or something like that. That sort of is a summary of Intervitel over the past two decades or so. I mean, it's 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 an investor in other companies, um, but the returns and the results of those investments they they really swing around a lot and like massively. Um, and and in in, a, in the generalized sense, you could say this this one is comparable to uh, um, um, to Ch- Challenger. No, not to challenge it eh? to assault uh, to Patterson in, so in, in in a in a in a in a smaller version New Zealand with a New Zealand stamp on it. But um, no, so it's definitely not an all weather stock, and and I personally um, I don't follow it closely enough. But on the basis of the historical data I have access to, um, not one of my favorites by by far not.
1: Okay, so not all weather. So it's a New Zealand-based company that's investing in infrastructure assets, you know, renewables, um, electricity, I think even some healthcare assets. Have you done work on the stock?
0: Only high level. Um, When there's a high quality company listed in New Zealand, it's well owned, <laughs> and they come here. The, yeah, so it's like EBOS is another one. They're very crowded trades. I mean, the top fifty. There's fifty stocks in their index, mm. right? There's three hundred plus in ours. Mm. So they tend to be anything decent, crowded trade. They raised a billion Kiwi recently, and they were well, eight fifty, and then they upsized the SPP because of the strong demand from retail mm. for the asset they bought. name um, comes in one NZ. So they're still investing. Um, it's trading a little bit above the placement price of 920 Kiwi. For what it's worth, consensus have it as a hold. It's basically yeah. a fair value. But again, a lot like Solpats, analyst valuation, put them aside. If you believe they can re- yeah. the company can reinvest, it trends upwards over time. And it's clearly done that. It does remind me of Solpats. So yeah. I'm going to call this a genuine hold, an aggressive hold. Buy bottom draw. Don't look at price targets. Don't look at valuations. Okay. Believe they can continue to reinvest the capital. Invest for the longer term. Mm. Hopefully, it grinds higher. I wouldn't chase it today, but it was clearly oversubscribed for their recent capital raise. Um, but it's not exactly table thumping cheap. Oh, so I'll, I'll call I'll, it a hold. I'll keep that in mind. An aggressive hold. Aggressive an hold.
1: hold. All right. <laughs> Okay, so I thought I'd look just um, you know at my trusty FN Arena to see where the brokers are at when it comes to technology one, because I think it's fair to say that we know Rudy likes the next company on the list. Dan was interested in a view on this one, <laughs> so I thought uh, you know we've got a lighten from Ords downgrade from Sean Partners, um, Morgan's a hold, Macquarie neutral, UBS is neutral, Morgan Stanley equal weight, Bell Potter upgrade from buy to a hold. Um, why would you buy? Because the premise of the show is buy hold or sell today. Yeah, would no, you buy today? No, no, you wouldn't buy today. No.
2: The 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 problem, so to speak, with uh, technology one is is similar as with REA Group, with uh, Ordinate Group. Quality. Not only that, investors are very very reluctant yeah. to to get get basically abandon their holdings, and while the share market in in, in general terms is, is quite wobbly and you see a lot of stocks. I mean, I own a stock like NextTC, for example, that is down 3% one day and, and up 3.5% the next day. So people are happy to sell it on a down day. And when the selling stops, they all come back in and, and the share price has essentially not moved, but on a percentage ways on a day, it moves a lot. If, you, if you're not already in or on the register of REA Group or 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 Technology One, you're still waiting for that entry point. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And in this, type of, this part of the cycle, it's simply not coming. So everyone who wants to get on board in what I still believe is one of the, the highest quality stocks on the stock exchange locally, just have to be patient. The other thing that's happening is it's, I think it's about a month away or so that they will report their financial numbers. Mm-hmm. What usually happens, the pattern is that it runs up into the release and then, then it deflates after the release yeah so maybe there is your opportunity to finally get on board but ultimately um, you have to pick your point and this is one of those stocks one of those companies that you're simply happy that you are on board and that they hold up when it well,
1: doesn't uh, offer a lot of hope. i mean but, so okay if it's trading at fifteen dollars twenty one today yes um, what would be a reasonable price well, to if, sort of if, have if, the target? Well,
2: that's obviously that's how how, how large a piece of string. But <laughs> if you own it, you definitely keep keep holding it. Yeah, of course. I mean, but definitely. I mean,
1: would you look for and a down day where it, you know?
2: Yes. D- yes. You, but you
1: pick a couple you, dollars. You
2: pick you your, Well, yes. If if it falls a dollar or so, it starts becoming a lot more more attractive. But. What what you have to realize as an investor is that, in particular in times when there's no reason, they might be ahead of an acceleration yeah. in profits still. Yeah? That means that you'll be lucky if you get it a, a dollar cheaper, because it, all mm-hmm. else being equal unless we get irrationality coming into the market or so. It's the same with, with REA Group, Yeah, it won't fall because everyone is suspecting that the listing numbers will accelerate from here, Yeah, mm-hmm. so it doesn't fall. Yeah? So you just have to pick your point, and if it's not low enough, then take your medicine or not. But what I do know for certain that if you follow those companies for long enough, there will come a time when they get out of favor. I mean, yep. It hasn't yep. been that long, and technology One was out of favor. And, peop- and people were, de- diff- were not interested.
0: Yeah,
1: right? I think we're going to call that an aggressive hold by Rudy. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Philip, um, what's the research that Sean Partners is telling you?
0: So we moved to a hold, uh, we had it as a buy, great result, it rallied. Uh, we moved to a hold based on valuation. Yeah. What I found interesting, just analysing everyone's reports over that period, some went from a sell to a hold, I think, from a hold to a buy, we went from a buy to a hold. So it, it large stock has yeah. been around for a long time, puts out a strong result, Mm. really polarizing views so yeah. for me September year-end reporter we get the result next month what what are people punting on they're one of these companies that gives medium-term guidance which all companies should because they should encourage people to think long term not three yeah, months again they can not everyone can sure yeah. so, so they can so they do and they've guided to 500 million in annual recurring revenue by year FY 26 given their strong performance, there's some hoping, suggesting that they'll actually bring that forward a year, FY25 at the meeting. I've, I've Next seen at least
2: two week. analysts, they think they're just going to smash that number.
0: Right. In which case, is it already in the price? So consensus price targets $17.30 for so that's yeah. what it's worth. I'm going to guess at least two weeks ago, the upgrade was in the price. It's come, off, mm-hmm. a come yeah. off a little bit. market's come off a little bit. I don't play mm. the guess the upgrade game, so yeah, I yeah, call it a yeah, hold. Yeah, yeah. Um, quality company, buy it on a, some sort of pullback, maybe back if it does get back to 13 bucks, but with a $17 yeah. analyst price target. It, it, will it get to 13? Then buy something else. Yeah, um, yeah, there you go. yeah, but I'll call it a yeah. hold. Great business, but maybe not a great investment at, at the current share price.
1: All right. Um, let's get to the next on the list, shall we? And that is Suncorp. This is for Julian. So I think I heard you say it earlier, Rudy, that you wouldn't be, or was it you, wouldn't be in regional banks?
0: I may have mentioned that. Yeah. Um, it's is Suncorp sure. a regional it's bank?
1: Well, yeah, that's trying to <laughs> get rid of its bank, but still.
0: I still find it fascinating that the ACCC is, um, mm. is giving advice mm. <laughs> on what Suncorp should or shouldn't do with its bank and um, what ANZ should do and that um, the state of Queensland is lobbying for the deal to go ahead so that can be investment in the states. There's a lot of non-financial interests at stake here. Um, I'm going to call it a hold because it is a mixture of a bank Mm. and um, Mm -hmm. general insurer. The ACCC is not waving in this transaction. That doesn't mean it won't go ahead, mm. but if the buy thesis is predicated on Suncorp exiting the bank and being a clean general insurer, mm. there's a risk that that doesn't happen or it gets dragged down in the courts. So why do you need to fight that battle? Um, if you wanted the bank exposure by CBA, if you want the market leader by Westpac or ANZ, if you want the cheapest, uh, if you want an insurer, buy AAG. If you want a strong domestic play or QBE, if you want international. Yeah. There's there's no reason to buy the hybrid uh, yet. And there's no reason to guess what's going to happen with the sale or not sale to yeah. ANZ. So I'm going to call it a hold because there's... So many moving paths for banks at the moment. We know all the insurers, you know, you think your electricity bill's gone up, wait till you get the current insurance bill. We yes. know insurance rates are going up and you have no choice, but you, you, you could switch, but everyone, everyone's rates are going up. Um, we know credit growth is slowing and net interest margins are contracting. So stuff to like about Suncorp, stuff not to like, just play the pure play for the time being until Suncorp works out what it looks like in a year's time. Undervalued, good so to buy. To buy. Um, I, I think
2: that yes, the sale of the bank is holding back the share price but I think in the end that doesn't matter because I mean if they don't sell it then then the market will not focus on a transaction that doesn't go through but they will notice that it's it's at the end of the day it's not that it's not that bad I mean with exception of maybe a bank of Queensland which truly is in trouble uh, the other ones are doing okay I mean, it's not like very bad but what is probably going to do well is the insurance business because um, we are going to uh, El Nino and the little boy is much more accommodative to insurers than, than, than his, his counterpart mm-hmm. little girl mm-hmm. and there are uh, forecasts out there which will reflect well on IAG as well if that if El Nino uh, goes, goes, goes around over the coming months that the, the claims will be so much lower for insurance companies so if that comes through the share price could gain twenty percent in in a very brief time span, and that's why you would own it. I think.
1: Mm, okay. We'll weather. Disagreement there. weather there. There you it go. It works
2: both ways for insurance. It sure companies.
1: does. Everything depends on the weather, doesn't it? All right. Let's get to super retail, which also, to some degree, depends on the weather. How much are people going out and about, spending, camping, traveling? Stooping up their cars, all the rest of it. So this has been picked by David, but then you overlay on top of that, Philip, consumers how we're feeling, how we're pulling back on spending. Uh, you know that mortgage cliff is still looming for the majority of those that are exposed to it. it comes November, got my letter already.
0: Oh, got okay, okay. your letter already. Yeah. you opened it. Very good. <laughs> it's an instrument. because. They have a lot of different retail mm. brands. Some of them will absolutely be mortgage lifts. Some of them will probably be a benefit of. So for example, Rebel Sports. Mm-hmm. I have this debate with people about what does the mortgage lift means for gym mm. membership. So if you're canceling your gym membership, you probably go out and buy some dumbbells from Rebel Sport and mm-hmm. buy some, you know, train at home. So people aren't yeah. going to stop yeah. exercising, yeah. like that. You're yeah.
1: a fit guy, I'll have to take your word for that.
0: There you go. Um, <laughs> then you've got boating, camping, fishing. I'm not a fisherman, yeah. but there's there's a recurring you used do to it to by the bait the hooks yeah. etc so that'll probably well, even okay. the tents.
1: tents used to tents, used to keep them for yeah. five years now you use it a couple of times Saturday yeah, yeah.
0: but then more people back to the travel thing uh, if you're camping um, is that a discretionary spend um, it, it, there's a the whole are you traveling to camp so there's a lot of moving parts there's a lot of Probably headwinds. I'm going to call it a hold because we just don't know how their consumer will react. And Mm. it's about fair value. Hasn't been smashed. Hasn't rallied. It's about equivalent to analyst price target. So it's kind of like there's cheaper retail. There's more expensive Mm -hmm. retail. So on valuation ground, mixed outlook. Mm. I'm going to call it a hold. But great business. If it did pull back to 1080 where it got to, um, I wouldn't hesitate buying this one. But at the moment. I don't think they've had their AGM yet. I would, or um, we'll at least wait for a trading update for yeah, a staff trading Yeah, because they
1: have been saying how they've been traveling in the beginning of FY 24
2: Yeah. Yes, and uh, I'm, I'm yes, I'm assuming they're they're trading on yield um, as as support. Uh, they are expected to cut their to cut their dividend this year though, but well, obviously not to an extent that there's no yield anymore. Um, a different angle from my end. BAPCOR just issued a profit warning. This is their main competitor yeah. in the Australian share market. We forget that. Yeah. They do cars. Yeah. They do car parts. And um, does that mean that, is, is it back cost specific? Or is, is the, the car parts market finally feeling the consumer in the wallet?
1: Yeah, but isn't Babcor as well? I mean, they supply uh, mechanics and yeah, you know, yeah. It is but a but, different but, but that's even
2: worse because yeah. that, that's more resilient. Yeah, I guess I so, yeah. mean, It's the consumer side mm. that, is, that is the the, the volatile one. Mm-hmm. So on that basis, that that increases for me the uncertainty about what, what's going to happen there. In general terms, I'm I'm still very cautious on consumer spending. So um, if I don't have to
0: own a consumer stock, I I, I don't. There's still a the view that there'll be another interest rate rise. Yep. For example, I was reading money, so.
1: um, some commentary from Warren yeah. Hogan, who's an economic advisor to Judo yeah. Bank, in the yeah. wake of even slowing in all of the flash PMIs, saying there's still yeah. another hike likely to come.
2: Yeah. yeah, if you're in that space, my eye is f- firmly focused on something like Breville Group, Breville? Which, um, which is also a different type of company, but the same dynamics, in, but in a different way. And Breville definitely is one of those, I think, one of those quality. Growers innovative on the stock exchange. That's, that's structurally undervalued and underappreciated by Australian investors
1: mm-hmm. Okay That's an interesting one. I always think you know when I'm at the shopping center. I meant to I think of the show sometimes a bit, a bit sad, but <laughs> I was in a Levi'sa and there was a uh, line uh, Yeah, in I was the LaVisa, lining up to pay yeah. for a little You know thing earrings, so. but
2: for example one of the theses put forward is is the coffee now goes, easily costs six seven dollars.
1: Oh, I know I br- I've brought my lunch every day for the past couple of months And,
2: and people now buying a coffee machine basically and t- making coffee at home Breville And then coffee. they have De'Longhi or you have
0: Breville, Breville yes. yeah.
1: or a They
0: did well during the lockdown though, so you probably Hopefully if Breville is quality yeah. then
1: you're not gonna be rushing out to get a new coffee maker <laughs> But to point. your
0: point, walk past a Smeagol store like it's yeah. always full of parents buying things for their kids, low well, price. If you get, if you get the, the kids on board, it's not yeah. the parents, the kids yes. as all. Well. We're Absolutely.
2: suckers,
1: all of us. We're all right. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, that was fun. We are right on time, so I won't drag it out. But I just finally want to ask you guys, because I was reading a note yesterday and listening to some commentary about still the likelihood for some sort of a seasonal rally to the end of the year, um, just to get your Spidey sense, because you've both been in markets for so long. Rudy.
2: Usually we get one and mm-hmm. um, that doesn't always mean that we get it uh, very early in November. Sometimes we have to wait a long while for it. And probably the, the most amazing thing is that um, it doesn't necessarily set, tell you anything about how mm-hmm. the, the, the year ahead will, will go. Uh, I do think that that's where a lot of people put, put their hope that we will get an end of year rally, the center rally. Um, at the end of the day, It'll it'll be up it'll be up to to bond yields, and to geopolitical risk. I think, mm-hmm. um, but um, bond yields bond won't go up forever and ever. And and I do think what you see is that from the moment the bond market gives the share market a little bit of relief, it'll rally. Like it's almost like a pebble of dogs knee jerk response. So from that perspective, I think the chances remain still in favor of, of a rally. Okay. Exact timing unknown, yep. but. I'd be cautious in reading too much into it, because I, I have a suspicion that next year we're looking at economic data that would look like, like worse, and we now f- maybe we're focusing on, on recession the next year.
0: Yeah, look, I agree. I think unlikely, or if there is one short-lived, because bond yields are still high, and we all flinched for a tough reporting season for the mortgage cliff, which mm. wasn't really a cliff. Mm. So number of economists are saying, it's coming. It's just 12 months longer than we thought because people are taking a second job, working longer hours, we're taking an extra day, etc., using up their reserves. Uh, mm-hmm. We've now got another mm-hmm. war happening, mm-hmm. so interest rates aren't falling anytime soon. If the RBA goes next month, that'll scare the equity markets mm-hmm. again. So there's so much uncertainty between now and, say, February next year. So I've seen some AGMs in the last week that have put out really strong guidance, and the market said, no. Nah. Not believing it, Don't yeah. it. yeah. So, yeah. and then we get profit warnings. Yeah, then, yeah, then warnings. it's February. Yeah. Corp, it? yeah. just gave one. Yeah, yeah. So I would suggest no Santa rally or a small one that's short-lived. Yeah. Um, then
2: probably February before we. I'm, sc- I'm scratching my head when some people go, We'll get, we get a rally
0: of 12% of the year, Wendy. You I've go heard like, to squatch, 10 squatch. or 12. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Not without interest rates for um,
1: yeah. Guys, thank you. That was fun. Um, really appreciate you coming in, as always. Really appreciate you sharing your insights. Oh, I That's haven't it. done my little wrap up uh, yet. Boy, yeah. oh, I don't want to break with tradition, do we? Um, a cell for Reese. Um, Yeah, take profits is basically the summary there. Infotril, look, a hold for Philip, but uh, no, it's not an all-weather stock. For Rudy, Technology One, both on valuation, it's only a hold, but you're looking for some sort of an entry point. You need to determine what that is, what you're willing to pay, um, but you wouldn't want to buy it today. You'd want to get it on, you know, day that the market's really underperforming, tech in particular. Corp, it's a buy for Rudy on valuation grounds. That surprised my guest, Philip. It's a hold for him. Lots of moving parts, lots of moving parts when it comes to super retail for both of my guests, I think. Good business, though, in Philip's word. Um, Rudy's given us an idea in Breville. Uh, so there you go. Um, look, if you love a mining stocks, commodities, if you're starting to think about 2024, which a lot of you are, you know, portfolio positioning, we've got an investor event that might help you out. It's called Market Intelligence. ACY Securities is hosting it. So deep dive into mining stocks and that strategy that you can carry on to 2025. So technical and fundamental, you can ask about lithium, gold, iron ore, uranium, whatever stock specifics. Graphite? What were you going to put in there, Rudy?
2: Intel. That's chips, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, I know, but it's
1: just... (laughs) Gosh, Rudy. You need to subscribe. It's free. Ausbiz.co forward slash Intel. And actually, this has not happened before. We're going to Uh, allow some just viewers to join us here at the AusBiz studios to watch the event go live. It's Thursday, it's 5.30. I should probably put that up on the screen at some point. Thursday, 5.30. You've got to be able to get yourself here. We're located at Barangaroo in the heart of Sydney's financial district. Um, There may be some food, there may be some wine. I shouldn't say that or Rudy will be knocking on the door.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I put my mattress around the corner.
1: (laughs) You can register ausbiz.co forward slash Intel, we'd love for you to join us. You can watch it live, you can watch it on demand, or for a lucky few, you can watch it here in the studio. All right, that's it for us today. Uh, the local market's flatlining it pretty much at this time. We've got some market analysis with Tim Waterer coming up for you next. <laughs>